0: This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 151. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your clow and john middick hello my name is john middick of sharpenedartist.com and i'm joined as usual by lisa clow of lock refine art lisa how are you today
1: i am very good how are you
0: I am doing never better, and this is a show about colored pencil where we discuss anything and everything surrounding colored pencil and the colored pencil artist. So, Lisa, what are we talking about today?
1: We are going to be answering some questions that you and I both get a lot from artists, so not actually a Q&A, just common questions that keep coming up we thought we might go over today.
0: Yeah, they come in many forms and many different iterations All right, so one question we get is, can you change the background instead of leaving everything white? Do you have to put a background in there, or is this something, you know, that you can just leave white? All right, so, I mean, there could be as many answers to this as there are artists, but my opinion is, especially if you're just starting out, then I think the answer might be different if you've been doing art for a while. But when you're just starting out and if you're wanting to just get some studies under your belt and you're wanting to do smaller projects and complete something, then I would recommend leaving it white and not doing the background at first when you get a little further down the road and you have some experience, then you might want to start adding some backgrounds and, you know, depending on your comfort level and you might want to just start experimenting a little bit more and adding more and more detail To your drawings. And I think that that will just come with time. But I would encourage you, if you are in that stage where you're tired of the white background and you've done that for a while, then jump right in, you know, and the water's nice and go ahead and start attempting to make a background. The thing that I always want to caution anyone trying to do a background is that when you start to do that, don't make the background the focus. And the other big issue that I have with backgrounds is. Don't make it distracting. Don't have a whole lot of contrast in your background. Have the majority of your contrast in the subject matter where you want the viewer to be guided inside the composition. And so wherever that focal point is, wherever that interest needs to be, don't have competition in your background.
1: Yeah, and I don't think just leaving your background white isn't just… Oh, uh, I'm, not, I'm not good enough to do backgrounds yet. That is, doesn't necessarily even have to have anything to do with it. A lot of artists will do – I was actually just on Instagram the other day and saw this beautiful – it was a, a wild hare and – or a rabbit and uh, – That's better, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll specify that because I guess that could just mean I was having a bad hair day. But it was – But I this-
0: love white backgrounds.
1: Yeah, and this rabbit was so detailed and so realistic against a solid background. It was stunning, so much more so than I think if they had painted in the, the grass and everything else. Now, one thing you want to be really careful of if you are going to leave that background white, it is easy to have accidental dental pencil smudges or fingerprints or anything like that. That background, if you're going to leave that as... That's it. You have to know that going in and be so careful to protect that paper. And sometimes you may mess up and have to either hide it with a flower or depending on where that mess up is, maybe include a little bit of a background. Let's say you were drawing that rabbit and you had next to it, it blended over onto the white background. You may have to pull in a few strands of grass, just a hint of that to hide that mistake. But Just be aware of that. And you can do this with colored paper too. I've used uh, the, what is it? Um, Stonehenge, words are hard. Stonehenge fawn paper, I love. And I like to leave some of that fawn showing as my background. I did that as a lion. So it was nice because I let the the fawn of the background show, but also the fawn of that paper show through parts of the lion's fur, which made a lot less work for me, but it created a really unique look that I, I loved. So I don't think that having a white background, you know, it's not just a matter of you're being lazy Or you don't want to to work on that yet, it may be the best thing for that art piece to leave your background blank. And this is where I love Photoshop too, because if you're wondering do I want a white background? Do I want a solid color of anything? Try it in Photoshop. Learn some sort of photo editing. You can use Pixlr. You've got lots of free options available to you. But learn some sort of photo editing program that will allow you to try different backgrounds on your subject. That way you can find out before you ever hit the paper. Do you want to leave it white? Or maybe it would look better with something out of focus or who knows. But you can try that out using a photo editor before you ever get started. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So another question that we're often asked is, what constitutes a layer? What do people mean by adding layers? And this is, I think, usually for me anyway, the question that people have is a layer in between, not understanding the difference between adding pencil on top of pencil or is when you blend it considered a different layer. And when I'm teaching, I honestly will use the, the term interchangeably. Sometimes when I talk about a layer, it may be, let's say I put down a layer of magenta and then I put down a layer of blue on top of that so before I blend with OMS is so that is going to give me a different look by putting those two layers on top of each other. But it A layer can also mean, let's say I put down that layer of magenta, but I don't have enough pigment on the paper. If I go to blend with OMS, it's not going to do much. There's not enough pigment yet. So I may put a second light layer. And some people will think, well, why don't you just push harder? You'll get the pencil to come out darker. Two reasons. One, I am damaging the tooth of the paper, so it's not going to take additional layers that way. The other thing is it's harder to... to, kind of prevent mistakes. If you build up slowly, lightly, you're able to fix mistakes. If something goes wrong, it's not as scary as if you pushed hard, damaged the tooth of the paper, can't put more layers. So I will do those in light layers. So let's say again with the magenta, one light layer of magenta. I know going into this, that's not going to be enough to blend out with OMS. I may put another layer of light magenta. It doesn't have to be a different color to be considered a different layer. It's just that I'm covering that same area with another coat of pencil. It can be two layers on top of each other. And then another way is that where I was talking about with the OMS, sometimes I will count each time blending with OMS. So let's say I do five layers of colored pencil. So a layer of magenta, another layer of magenta, maybe a layer of green that fades into blue, another layer of whatever color. I do five layers like that and then blend with OMS. Sometimes I will refer to that as one layer altogether once it's blended out. So, you know, my first layer, my first base, the, the term layer can just mean so many different things depending on what you're doing and the artists themselves.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that the term layer is flexible enough to include both of those. And generally speaking, that's what I'm usually doing as well, especially in my color pencil workshops. I'm talking about one layer typically being one particular hue one color and then I may go over that more than once but that typically is one layer but then I may also refer to two layers together as one layer as well so it depends uh, on you know what you're meaning by the term so uh, I I wouldn't get too hung up about that but just listen for more detailed instruction uh, or reading more detailed instruction depending on what you know you're looking at or what you're listening to Early on, starting out in colored pencil, when there's you know, when it's talking about a layer, don't get too hung up on that and think about more often than not with one particular color. You want to think about the complete coverage of that pencil layer. So, if it's one color and someone's referring to it as a layer, then you want to make sure that you get complete coverage. Another one that we get, how do I keep from burnishing too early in my drawing process? Now, I think this sort of encompasses or it's related to the one we just spoke about because often what can happen is if you want to start thinking about, okay, I want complete coverage with what I'm doing right now, someone may get impatient and then they start pressing too hard. And that's really what happens whenever we just get impatient and we think, oh, I got to get this done Very quickly or I got to get this on here so I can go on to the next part, the next layer maybe. And what I've seen often, especially in workshops again or classes, is somebody will just start moving the pencil so fast, accidentally burnishing. I, I believe you can burnish two different ways and both of these techniques combined even. You can push too hard and you can move the pencil too quickly over the paper. And both of those, depending on the paper, of course, can burnish your paper too early. Now if we're talking about a very heavy tooth type of paper like Stonehenge, then if you're pressing very hard early on in the process, then you're flattening down that tooth, you're gonna have a lot of white showing and you're not gonna be able to get as many layers on. If you do that too early in the process it's going to show, and there's hardly any way to reverse it. The way to keep from doing that often is just slowing down and using a light hand. I can't stress that enough. Using a light hand will uh, prevent that from happening. And we're talking about you know cotton paper, and we're talking about a lot of tooth. And so you've got to really slow down and not move your pencil over the paper very fast. It's a very slow. Process. It's meditative. It's therapeutic. It's a lot of things. But if you don't have the temperament for it, <laughs> then it may, you may not want be to try you. powder
1: blender in that case. Yeah,
0: because because yeah, because this is this is what colored pencil is. I mean, this is that t- particular technique. If you want complete coverage, you want it to look more like a painting or something like that, you want it to have a more complete saturation, then that's what's required. And burnishing, you want to always pay attention to that. You want to always protect the tooth of the paper.
1: You know, and as far as working light, too. Another thing to keep in mind, it is possible to work so light that you're just not moving forward. I had one student. Yeah, that's true. She was an amazing artist. She had so much, co- well, still does, has so much control over her hands. And I remember co- going by and looking at her work and she was like, you know, th- it was going very slow. You could hardly see any color on the paper. And she was taking it too literal where she was so afraid to mm, burnish yeah. that she wasn't getting enough pigment at all on the paper. So you've got to find that balance. And in finding that balance, you're going going to do it wrong a few times that is okay doing it wrong making a few mistakes and realizing oh i don't like the results i got here let's try something else that's okay too but yeah it is definitely possible to not push hard enough either
0: uh yes but to answer this question burnishing too early is typically the result of pressing too hard too early on
1: and that actually comes into our next question uh, that we both, I know I get this one a lot too. Why are my colored pencil drawings so light? I want more contrast or they feel like a light crayon drawing. I've seen that a lot where it's mm-hmm. just so faded. This often comes from not enough layers and not pushing. Sometimes you may just not be pushing hard enough. Usually that's not the reason that it's too light. Usually, it's actually fairly rare that I see someone really pushing too light. It's just a warning I wanted to throw out there. But normally what I see happen is somebody puts one layer. Let's say they're blending with odorless mineral spirits, or even if you're not, but they'll put one layer or two layers and think that's enough. Most of my pieces, just to give you an example, probably have 20 layers of one layer of color two layer of color, three layer, all the way up to five, blend with OMS, repeat that process until I end up with about five layers of color total By the, to get my color saturation really, really deep where I want it to be. So that can be part of it. Another thing could be that you're just afraid of contrast. I mean, there's so many things that can be causing this problem. But being afraid of contrast is extremely common, where it's scary. You'll do everything in mid-tones, and it's just scary to go darker. You're afraid to go too dark so you don't do it. I would rather see a student go too dark and ruin something and learn, okay, let's not go dar- that dark next time, than continuously, again and again and again, be afraid of those darker colors. So, even if it wasn't an issue of saturation, maybe they're getting good color saturation. They're just not using their dark pencils enough, their dark values. So, they're only staying with the mid range lighter tones just because of the fear of going too dark. So, there are definitely a few things that can cause that. But this, like we were saying with before, just do the wrong thing intentionally. Do something you think is going to look bad. Practice that way. Make the mistake and then learn from it. Decide either you liked it or you didn't like it. But you've got to get over the fear of going too dark.
0: Yeah. One of the biggest reasons why this happens is someone stops too soon. Yes. They'll come up and say, "I, you'll look here, I'm done with this. What do you think? And I want to gingerly say, you're not done. You just started that to me is the biggest piece of advice that i can give if you're noticing in your drawings that they're way too light then just take it as this is the first you know the first layer this is the first attempt this is the initial And now I'm going to push even more, and I'm going to complete this drawing, and I'm going to push the values even more. The other thing about going too dark, and and you're right, it can be very scary, and if you're scared of going too dark, then I want to encourage you to just go ahead and do it. Now, here's the thing. If you feel like you've gone too dark, and you've gone in that direction, and things are way out of whack now, and your darks are way too dark – Then one thing that you could possibly do, there's two options here typically, is you could push the lighter values a little darker. The second thing you could do is, instead of doing that, is you could lighten up those layers a little bit. And one of the ways to do that is not just grab the white pencil and start going over that, but... Use some mid-tone pencils, maybe grays. You know, it would depend on the color scheme on what pencils you're going to use. But practice on a test sheet of paper and use some other pencils and start trying to push those colors, shift them just a little bit more into a lighter direction. And you'd be surprised sometimes how well that can work. But the other thing is you can go ahead and darken some of the lighter areas Often. Now, if it's total black or something like that, there's probably, there can be a point of no return, obviously. But typically, what's going on is someone is just, they're stopping too soon.
1: And I would say that's honestly a problem with anything, with an art, anything that you don't like about your artwork, or people will finish something and show me and go, okay, but I'm just not happy with it. Well, you're not done with it. I would say the most common reason people are unhappy with their work one, starting with a bad foundation drawing where they just need to strengthen their drawing skills, but two they're calling it finished too soon.
0: And if you can't, if you, if you don't know that you're not done and if someone's able to point that out and if you're able then to understand, if you're able to perceive what, you know, what's being explained, then you can go ahead and correct that. Now you may be looking at it and you may, point out a couple of things that you're able to tell, okay, I could have done this a little different. I can push this a little bit more. I can push this other area. Um, but maybe you're scary or timid about it. Go ahead and do it. And then keep keep that process going and thinking, what can I correct here? Okay, I've done this part over here. Now what can I correct over here? And just keep doing that process over and over and over. And make those decisions. This the decisions will get easier and the decisions will come quicker. But at the beginning, it's it's intimidating and it's scary.
1: One of the things that I think helps a lot of people, we've all got, I think most of us anyway, have smartphones now. Take a photo of your work. Put it into open your photo editor, any photo editing app you have. Mess around with the contrast. Um, Lightroom Photoshop Lightroom is free on your for I know Android, I'm sure it is for Apple too. Yeah, but the it works app really for that, well. yeah, mess around with stuff because sometimes if you see your actual painting, it's different than looking at the reference photo and saying, Okay, I know the contrast is different. Take mm-hmm. your where you're at on yours and mess with your values, mess with the contrast, mess with the color saturation, mess with all of that until you decide does that look better? If it looks better, then go and do whatever changes you made in that photo editor on your artwork. I think that that can take away a lot of the scary factor because you're seeing firsthand, oh wow, look how much better this would look if I made these changes instead of I'm afraid to mess this up.
0: Okay, light to dark or dark to light? Okay, so it depends on the surface for me and also the subject a little bit, but typically speaking, I work sort of backwards from what I know a lot of colored pencil artists do they work light to dark many of them I kind of work uh, backwards I work dark to light most of the time but here's what I do I don't it's not a strict rule I don't do it every time but I start with a darker pencil and I start in the mid toned areas a little bit after I get my line drawing down and then I start darkening up those darker values just a little bit. But I don't push them all the way to the darkest that they will become. And then after I get those values set, then I'll start adding a little bit more of the light areas. And then it's kind of a balance back and forth. And I'll keep pushing the darkers dark darker, and then the lighters... I'll Keep going into those mid tones, pushing it closer and closer to the lightest areas. So if we let's take a face for example, the forehead obviously is going to be uh, most of the time the brightest part. And so I'm going to shade under the neck quite a bit uh, early on, and then I'm going to leave the the highlights where it's the brightest part, like in the top of the head there, the forehead. I'm going to leave that till nearly the end. So that's a simplified version of what I do.
1: Yeah, it definitely can p- depends on the artist. I think go- working light to dark is safest. It's easier to control. But it, it also doesn't always give me the results that I want. I'm closer to what John is doing. I kind of choose a mid-range. But usually, I more often than not, I find myself going for something in the middle. Let's say my end result is going to be dark blue, but I know there's highlights on it. I'll pick a medium blue, blend that out, get, or, you know, get enough layers of that, blend it with OMS so that I've got good color saturation. There's no white grain of the, the tooth. And, and John and I both work differently because you don't really use OMS too much, do you?
0: No, I do. I just don't use it on the entire drawing. Oh,
1: I use it everywhere. Typically. I, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm I typically <laughs> don't use it
0: everywhere. <laughs> I but use it depends. all over. but Depends with, on what it is.
1: Yeah, but I'll usually blend out my mid-tone. So I've got this base. I basically have stained the paper, this nice mid-range. And then I can go light and dark from there as needed. But I would say I do that more often than any other method. But for a student who's new, if you're not sure what that mid-tone should be, light to dark is definitely safest But it can take a little bit longer. I think that's, for me, why I don't always do that. I think it's a slower process. It's more controlled, but it's also a lot slower.
0: Mm, Yeah, well, I guess it depends. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be slower or faster. Uh, Light to dark just works. um, It's an easier type of method only because, especially if you're starting out, only because you can gauge the values easier and actually going in there and filling in your dark areas quickly too establishes what the dark values are and then you can build up all the rest of the values based on that what I've seen, what I've noticed with um, new artists starting out is if they're doing the mid-tone range they're doing those middle values then they just go to town on it and just start putting it everywhere and then losing focus and thinking oh this is all everything just starts looking the same and then they don't have the value range that would be my caution with that I think it's better if you're starting out to start light to dark. The bottom line is you have to know what it's going to look like from the very start because you don't want to have a middle value in the darkest valued area of the drawing dictate to you what the value range is. So if you're working that value darker and darker, but you've filled it in with a mid-tone range, Sometimes a new artist will think, okay, that is my darkest over there. So they are allowing that to be the roadmap or the guide for everything in the mid-tone and in the lighter areas. And that's the caution that I just want to throw out there for a newer artist.
1: Another question – now, this one is – gosh, I get this one all the time. I'm on a budget. How do I know which color pencils or supplies, which paper, I should buy first? I get this a lot from people who have watched my reviews. They know my opinion on different pencils, but they still – yeah, but which one do I get first? So here's the thing, and I would say this is true no matter what medium it is. You want to find, my biggest recommendation, find an artist who is completing work that is what you hope yours to look like. Now, that doesn't mean you're copying the artist exactly, but they're creating the blending style, the contrast, that everything looks how you're hoping to, what you want to achieve. What supplies are they using? Because I think that makes it easier. Like, for example, with Color Soft Colored Pencils, I'll use this as an example, and I wasn't sure. I'm like, okay, am I just using the wrong paper? Am I doing something wrong after I use them and realized these are just terrible? I went and did a Google search. I did Google, Instagram. I looked all over the place for people who are completing artwork just with those pencils. Not a single one of them was completing what I wanted my work to look like. Now That doesn't mean they weren't creating things that were good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it wasn't my goal. So I knew right then, you know what? This pencil is just not going to do for me what what I want it to. I don't think it has the ability to to accomplish what my goals are here. They can do other things. I'm not saying they're terrible. If you love them, don't send me letters. But I knew they weren't for me. If you can find a medium and see which supplies, and I do this for everything, oils, acrylics, watercolor pencils. What artists accomplishing with that and what that tells me is it can be done or maybe this really isn't the medium maybe I want to hold off on that that's not going to be my first choice because I'm not seeing people do with that exact type of pencil that exact type of pencil what my or paper what my goals are and I do that with paper and with pencils for me when I, I was had been using prismacolor for years that's all I had used for the first 15 years or so that I was working in colored pencil I went I found an artist actually art um Names, they're hard. Alan Woolett, he had just completed a colored pencil piece that I saw in an art group. And it's like, that's what I want my work to look like. And I wasn't achieving that with the paper that I was using or the pencils that I was using. I was very frustrated with both at the time. So I contacted him, found out the exact pencils, the exact paper, and I bought those. So I wasn't having to try out 20 different paper. I found out the one paper he was using. So I knew it could be done. I knew that paper could accomplish the look that I was going for. Same with the pencils. I didn't run out and buy luminance and the Derwent Drawing or all the other pencils. I I only could buy one set. So I found an artist who was using just one and accomplishing what my my goal was for that style, that kind of detail, the kind of blending that he was able to accomplish. So I think it kind of saved me some money there. Because I didn't have to go and try every paper out there. And yeah, now I do try more. But at the time, when I was on such a strict budget, I knew I can get one paper, one type of pencil. What is it going to be? Find an artist who is using just one. Or in the case like with me, if you're looking at the stuff I'm using, I've tried out lots of, of different pencils, but you can see the projects where I've used just that one type of pencil. I think that that can make it a little bit easier for you to determine which is going to be right for you. Find projects done just with the pencil you're interested in, just with the paper, and see if that's accomplishing what your goals are.
0: I remember early on when I was drawing a graphite and somebody uh, in a forum, we were talking back and forth and they said, have you seen so-and-so they only use X and X and they named some products. And they said that gets you just about the same look as this over here that this guy is using. And it doesn't take as long. And he's talking about all these shortcuts. And I went over and looked and it, just did not look very good. And I thought, okay, that's not what I want my work to look like. So I agree with that sentiment. And just an abbreviated answer here. Yeah, go ahead and spend a little bit of money getting the right products from the very start. Follow one teacher or one method or one technique. And then, until you get the look that you want, and then experiment, especially if you're on a budget, and go on to something else.
1: Yeah, really good good advice there. And you can, with colored pencils, the way that you blend, the way that you layer. We saw our, an artist recently used one of my reference photos from Patreon the, of a Rosella. She used 12 colors. And it was just this... I mean, you would never know that. Looking at this, you would think she used the full set of, of pencils. But with twelve colors, she created something so realistic, so beautiful, so perfect.
0: I like that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and and Using she only had twelve. Palette. So yeah, that would definitely yeah. be my be another bit of advice, like you said, get fewer mm-hmm. colors of the good stuff. Don't don't of the think, good stuff. Yeah, That's right. Don't cheap out on that. You you can do a whole lot with just a few colors.
0: What's your opinion on Prismacolor colorless blending markers? I don't really use those very often, and one of the things that I think maybe they'd be okay for is small, tiny little details. One reason why I don't use them is because they're different than solvent. They color shift a little bit differently than the Gamsel solvent that I use. And so they're not going to show you the same color. I mean, you can use it on the same hue, the same pencil layer, and it's going to react differently than your solvent. And the way that you apply it, it just it looks so different. And so I typically just don't use them.
1: I tried them back when I was still using the regular Prismacolor colorless blenders, and I was really excited because I, I liked how it looked. It gave you that more painted feel. This is before I knew anything about using any kind of OMS or any solvents. So I liked that. The problem I had with them, they were – I want to say they ran like 4 or $5. They were $6. Yeah, they're I forget. Expensive. They were expensive. And they're
0: alcohol-based. And That's cheap. It,
1: yeah, and it didn't <laughs> last long. I mean, yeah, I couldn't even get through a full piece with one marker. And I'm like, I can't afford to keep going through these like that. And yeah, the I other- could go
0: buy alcohol, uh, rubbing alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's about the same thing.
1: <laughs> the other problem that I had with them is that you don't have the same control that you do with a paintbrush and odorless mineral spirits. Because you... You only basically have one pressure. It's a marker. You're pushing the same. You, you can't control what type of brush stroke you get or the size. Uh, You've got two tips on those, a small tip and a a large tip. But even that, it wasn't enough for me. I like being able to use multiple different, multiple different, wow, that's redundant, isn't it? Multiple, um, types of brushes.
0: Yeah, and it and it mostly lifts everything yes, off. That it, was the it other just takes thing. takes it off.
1: Yeah, once you get multiple layers on there, uh, should I say multiple different again? That was made me sound super <laughs> smart.
0: But when, I like, hey, <laughs> hey, it makes sense to me.
1: <laughs> once you get a lot of layers on there, you really can't do much with blending that way. Whereas if I've got a lot of layers of pencil and I'm using OMS and a paintbrush, I can make it so that I have barely any OMS on the bristles you know dry it out a little bit dab it on my paper towel dry it out and ju- and still be able to blend those last layers if I wanted to and with a marker it, it, I'm more likely to put almost dense not dense I yeah well it lifts that's areas mm-hmm. that are just blotchy and lifted so it's not right. for me I'm not gonna say you I mean I know there are some people who have loved it I it didn't work for my techniques at all it's not something that I even own at this point I don't think it's worth I, th- I think it's a terrible value.
0: The value really is bad. I wonder if grass, maybe if you're using it for grass or something, if that would add a little yeah. bit of texture. Maybe that
1: I could see that yeah. being. Mean, or
0: fur or useful. something. But again, it's just so expensive.
1: Yeah, I can they, do that, that, that same so thing quickly. with a paintbrush, just ship, shipping right. what type of bristle that I'm using. So Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, maybe you have a question that we didn't answer, and you can submit that to us. Podcast at sharpenedartist.com is the email address, or there's a Q&A page set up, sharpenedartist.com slash Q&A. You can comment in the show notes, sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. And this is a weekly show, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartists.com.